Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 18 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg. And today we have a lot to talk about. First of all, I want to mention that the show notes for this episode can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 018. That's deliverycrab.com slash 018. That page will include all of the links that I mentioned here and all of the stuff that we talk about in the show that you might need to remember or write down or whatever the case may be. It's all going to be there for you in the show notes. Next, I want to mention that this is going to be the final week for you to enter the PAX giveaway. We are giving away tickets to PAX East to the show. For details on this giveaway, head over to deliverycrab.com slash PAX giveaway. That's P-A-X giveaway. You can find all the details you need there as, as well as how you can enter this giveaway. I'm happy to announce that this week pre-orders for Lightseekers Mythical, the new set that's coming out in March, have gone up on DeliveryCrab.com. If you're outside of the U.S., I can't help you right now, but I'm sure that the international retailers will have their pre-orders up soon enough as well. The pre-order process at DeliveryCrab may be a little bit different than you're used to, so I'm going to ask that you head over to DeliveryCrab.com slash pre-order to check out a brief article that explains what's going to happen with the pre-orders and everything else that you might need to know surrounding the pre-order process. Then finally, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make a note that this episode, as well as the next few episodes were recorded shortly after PAX South, but unfortunately they were recorded before the big announcements that we got about 2018 that we talked about with Willie a few weeks ago. So you might hear us reference once in a while things we think are coming or we hope are coming and have since been announced, and you also won't hear us talking about the things that were announced because we didn't know about them when this was recorded. With that in mind, the next two episodes are going to feature Lifesaver and Bova as we kind of recap our experiences at PAX South. Today's episode in particular, we're going to focus mainly on the Sealed Starter Tournament that was really hosted for the first time at PAX South. While the schedule hasn't been released for PAX East yet, I have a strong suspicion that we'll be seeing another Sealed Starter Tournament there as well, and I All I can say is I'm looking forward to it. That's about it for announcements, so let's get into the show. Welcome back, Mandy and Bova. How are you guys doing tonight? Great, thanks. Great, how are you? Not too bad. So we have made it through another PAX together, and (laughs) I think we all had a good time. Best time. We have a lot of stuff to talk about now. Sounds good. That's uh, Yeah, about three days worth of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And we compacted all into one or, well, I don't know, maybe this will be two episodes. We'll find out. See how long we can talk. One of the challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) One of the major things that that was, I guess, kind of new to all of us at PAX South was the sealed starter tournament. This is something that I don't think any of us had gotten to play before. Was this actually the debut of this style of play? I don't. It was definitely the first like tournament tournament of of it. Like I, I, they might have tested it before 
But oh, I, should, I hope they tested it before. But. <laughs> the closest we got was the uh, I think it was the day before. Just the normal sealed starter like events, but they didn't have the full sealed tournament rules with the extra packs and everything in it. Sure. So it, yeah, just like the, the sealed tournament, learn to play stuff. Yeah, the sealed tournaments you would use the one pack. Okay. No, the sealed starter events. Yeah, the starter event was just the one pack that was in the box. I guess before we keep talking, we should probably like tell everybody what the rules <laughs> of the tournament were so that they are not completely confused. So the sealed starter tournament that we played in on Saturday, it was a starter deck with three total packs that you could then edit your deck with. And then the other tournaments we're talking about were like the learn to play events, which is the just the sealed starter with one pack that you could edit your deck with. Right, and then in the day before we actually died, I don't know if you were in this map, but we did a tournament that was a starter tournament, like the um, the sealed, not the sealed tournament, but the, the learn to plays. And then we added the packs as we won them with throughout the tournament. So it was kind of interesting. Like everyone just kind of agreed to do that. And uh, <laughs> if you won, you got two packs. And if you lost, you got one. And in between games, you could add in the cards you got. So sure. that got pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't think I was in that one. but It was a lot of fun. It actually kind of was. I hope that they might make a format like that in the future, but it's a little harder because you have to have a lot of packs to be able to do that. Yeah, you, d- you definitely need a lot of packs, and the fact that it's it's just going to take that much longer, too. And every time you win, if you get more packs, then you know there's going to be more advantage there, too. Right. Yep. It didn't take too long, but I think it was best of ones too. That was uh that was the tournament that I got turn three breach the veiled. Oh, you're not gonna let that let that one go, are you? <laughs> no, I won't. I can't because if I let that one go, then I won't have anything to rib Dratilus about. Fair enough. <laughs> so this sealed starter tournament that that we got to play in. This was obviously my first experience with anything of the sort because. As I've said before, Lightseekers is really the first one I've gotten into. It's the first one I played competitively at all. I have nothing to compare this to. I know you've said before that limited style tournaments were kind of your bread and butter with Magic, right? Yeah, limited and draft. Okay. Is is there any way to kind of like compare these formats? Are are they comparable at all or are they completely separate animals just kind of similar in nature? Well, I think the I mean, it's still a limited format in that you're not just pre-constructing your deck. It's definitely not as close to draft because draft, obviously, you're picking cards from each pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's closer to what you call sealed. But in sealed and, for example, magic, you just get like six packs, booster packs. You don't get any any sort of starter deck or anything like that. And you just build your deck based on those those packs. The cool thing about the Light Seekers one is you had a you got to pick which color you wanted to play, which um, which order you wanted, and then you could just kind of edit the deck a little bit. So you pretty much knew what you were getting and what you were playing, but you got to add a couple cards that you got in the pack, which was kind of neat. It makes for a more consistent format, I think, because in, in Sealed for Magic, if you get junk packs, you're pretty much flying by the seat of your pants and hoping that the deck you build is good enough to get you as far in the tournament as it can. Um, so for Light Seekers, because you have the base of the starter deck and then you're just editing your deck based off of the cards you get in your packs, it really does give you a little bit of a leg up. You're not as tied to the luck of the packs as you would be in, in a different trading card game. Everyone at least has a good deck, like a decent one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's something I've always appreciated about the, the Lightseeker starters is that it, it, it's a decent deck, especially if you're only playing against other starter decks. Yeah, you get the rare cards that are mm-hmm. exclusive that are really good, some of the best cards in the game. So it, it definitely has some really good power. And a lot of the cards in there, you know, you just add an extra one. You can take two starter decks and mash them together and just use three of the good cards, and then you have a really strong deck. So that's something I didn't think about when... You're talking about like the 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 magic format of it. Do you ever get to a point where you just like have to throw in junk cards like that you, you would never want to play or be able to play? Yeah, so like uh, in, in magic, usually when you're building a limited deck, um like in sealed for example, uh with six packs, it's I it's 11 cards I believe in magic um each and you're playing with 40 card deck and you're only putting in like you have to put lands in. it's not like light seekers where every yeah. card you're playing so you have to put lands in and you know typically your deck's like half land <laughs> so you really aren't you don't have to pick from that many cards so you can usually make it's usually two color deck like you you get a good enough amount of each one okay. to make two colors and it's just kind of how that usually runs but you, you do end up with some cards sometimes that are like kind of like, I don't want to really want to put them in, but, you know, they're okay. Like, if you're rating them from A to F, you'd be putting in a couple of Ds, whereas sure. normally your Cs would be your average cards, and Bs and As are really good. Yeah, and Magic has, um, similar to Lightseekers, where there's, like, the basic cards, uncommon cards, um, rares. Then they have Mythics as well, and, like, Mythics and rares are usually the best cards in Magic. They're at least once, maybe two or three times have been when I was doing a sealed tournament in Magic, and I didn't get anything good for my rares or my mythics, so I literally just had a deck that was just commons and uncommons. One of my decks, I'm pretty sure I had one uncommon, and every other card was common. Um, so it, it's that's the thing that's nice about Lightseekers, is that like with the starter decks you have some good rares, you have really good cards, and you don't have to worry about having a deck that's that feels like like junk when you're playing it. I guess I never really thought about how magic decks are, decks are built, because that's not something I've ever, ever had to do. And so that hearing you guys explain it like that, like it makes a lot more sense that that makes it more possible. The way the Lightseekers booster packs are set up right now, like... Are are they just straight booster packs that they're giving you in Magic to do that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the in the lands though, you don't have to pull them from the packs. Okay. Those they just have them around because they're a dime a dozen, and you add those in. So you basically decide which colors you're playing, okay. and you put in the appropriate lands. So basically, if you put it in Lightseekers terms, you're really only running with probably like seventeen, you know, total action slash combo, mm-hmm. you know, just overall cards that do stuff that you have to pull from you know your 66 cards or whatever okay yeah that, uh, that makes a lot more sense yeah so it's a little easier um it would be hard to do with any number i think the problem they ran into with the light seekers booster packs is with the nine cards and the the number of combos and stuff in yep. it if they just gave you booster packs they'd have to give you probably like 10 booster packs <laughs> and then it would everybody up gets a point. box yeah, <laughs> it would up the price point, but I know they're um, they're balancing the the packs different yes, in definitely. the future. Um, specifically, you know, one of the reasons they're doing that is for limited, because in, in Magic, the one of the reasons that they have the rarities that 
the way they have them is to balance for limited for draft and for sealed and they build the packs so that it's you know a viable format i'm not sure if they had that in mind when they did the first run of cards for light seekers but i know they're definitely looking at it for the future yeah the, the first run of light seekers it's hard to judge anything on really because i had we've said before they just didn't know how big the card game was going to be so how much time they put into that like that's not something i would have thought of like what cards go into the pack and how are they distributed at what ratios and all this type of thing like it just wouldn't have been something that crossed my mind if i was starting out creating my first card game yeah neither and i think once it gets in the hands of the printers too you know they're printing it and shipping out the product and it might not be even what you originally intended but then at that point it's kind of too late Mm -hmm. so we played in this tournament what just quick overall feeling like did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know why you enjoyed it. We'll get into that. But All of your listeners know because I think I want to tell your listeners why I enjoyed it so much. Uh, go ahead. I was undefeated until the finals. Yes. yes. <laughs> that does help one enjoy a new game. It's always nice when you're winning. Mm-hmm. I was not winning. I think I lost the first two. And I won my third because my opponent didn't show up. <laughs> they lost their first two. Oh. And then I think by the fourth round, I won my actual first game. So that was fun. But it was uh, it was still a fun tournament. It was nice meeting everyone and you know getting to play. Um, I ended up not really liking what where my deck ended up. Sure, <laughs> sure. So I ended up getting rare cards for my dread deck. I got some, um, but they were two of the same card. So I got Gurgling Oozes, which are awesome nice, cards, and yeah. I needed some. But it turned out to not be as powerful in uh, the deck as I thought they would be. So Yeah, was... something to keep in mind for the future, I guess. It's, it, it, it's, it's hard to judge when, like, yes, it's a good card, obviously, when you get to build your own deck, because you're going to build around it. But, yeah, does it work with the starter deck? Yeah, and I think from what I was seeing... In the people that did well, I think there's a couple things that you really want to get in those booster packs for mm-hmm. this format, if they keep it the same, is you want more buff removal. Absolutely. So, yeah, because they all come with two. I think there's only one that comes with more, and that's tech because it has Warp Toad in it. But as far as like the just the destroy your buffs thing, because Warp Toad puts it back in your hand, but as far as just destroying buffs, each one has two. And I played against someone who got two extra Thunder Slugs, and you're allowed to play as many in your deck as you pull. And the other thing, which I'm not sure if they can change a ruling on this, but the combos, if you get combos that are good, um, like an extra combo that can pay for the other combos and stuff like that, then that is super helpful as well. You're still limited to five combos, but the format we played, and I'm pretty sure they actually did change the rule Yeah, because it it's just insane <laughs> yeah it, so the rule it, it was, was a nice te- it was a nice test but um yeah i i don't think they're gonna keep it that way yeah so the rule was when we played was that like if you pulled an extra for example planetary alignment then you were able to sub out one of your other combos to have that extra planetary alignment um which happened to me actually with two combos so my deck felt 
like I was cheating. Uh, <laughs> it it was, felt it was awesome, and it, it not to cheapen like how I played it because it did require a, a good amount of like piloting to actually make sure I was playing oh, it correctly. Absolutely, like but like just just, just the astral starter wind. deck is gonna take. <laughs> yeah, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, and I, I le- like going off of what Bova was saying about um, cards that you'd want to pull out of your packs. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled a Subjugator, which I really hadn't played with a Subjugator in Astral at all. Subjugator is really, really good in the limited formats, and it ended up being really good in the actual constructed formats as well, because I played after I finished the Sealed Starter tournament, I had to make a decision on what I was going to play in the the constructed format and i'm like well i've been playing astral for the last 12 hours do i really want to change my mindset and play a different deck so i ended up playing astral for sunday and i liked the way that subjugator ran so much that i added it to my astral deck for sunday oh so that, um, was, that wasn't even in there initially it wasn't even no okay. i added it in because it just it felt so strong on saturday that i just like i i want to play with this more yeah there's actually a really cool combo in astral with subjugator which is built right into the starter deck if you happen to pull a subjugator, which is uh, a rare card. But you you play your Dawnstalker and or your mage ship, and then you play a subjugator, which makes it so they can't remove the buff, which is really cool. Unless, unless they're, they're playing, playing Storm. Blue, yeah. And yes. if they're playing Storm, then they can Thunderslug it. But for the most part, most of the decks aren't going to be able to remove it. And if you have it um, on the right turn with Dawnstalker, so it expires the turn that Dawnstalker hits, it actually will hit the discard pile, and it's Lunar, which is what Dawnstalker wants. If it's Lunar, then it gets a bonus 4 damage. So then Dawnstalker does 10 damage, and <laughs> you're preventing it from getting removed, which is really, really strong. So it's, it's a really cool combo. Yeah, I... I had that go off probably three or four times when I was in the, the, the Saturday tournament, and it just it felt so good for that to happen. It was nice. Yeah, it's always nice when the deck plays the way you intended it to, even if it was in limited. Mandy, you played Astral Bova. You, were, you said you were playing Dread, correct? Yes, yep. Okay. I, I've heard a lot of people recently kind of telling me that they feel the Dread starter is not that powerful like it it it, it doesn't have the ability to stack like you want dread to be able to do yeah did you get that feeling yeah it felt well i guess it depends because the the problem is with only having two of some of the cards like Mm -hmm. for example shadow puppet i want to be able to remove buffs and i'd be in a situation like one of the games i didn't draw my either of my buff removals and i only had seven cards left in my deck and i knew two of them were shadow puppets um, so sometimes you just kind of, you can't make your deck as consistent as you'd want it to because you're not building it. And I didn't happen to draw any more buff removal. So, you know, that happens, but it doesn't have, the problem is like most of the good cards in dread that you're looking for are uncommons. Okay. So if you're trying to pull them from packs, you want abyss tentacles, which I think they only have one abyss tentacle and one abyss weaver. Yeah. I believe and, that's all that's in the starter. Yeah. And, and you want three of them. <laughs> or four, <laughs> you know, as many as you can get. But the chance of pulling one of those is really low. Also, Wall of Bones, same thing, uncommon, and it's really hard to pull an extra one of those. So the really good cards are all uncommon um, that you're looking for. So yeah, I didn't think about that, but I, I, I the, the the more I, I look at the just the the deck list here, it's. Yeah, the, the the cards that everybody seems to want seems to bulk up on in dread. Yeah, they they are uncommon. 
Yep. So yeah, that that would make a difference. I I really want to know like I I love this sealed starter format. And one of the questions I've had ever since I heard that, you know, they're coming out with more sets, will they ever redo these starters? Will they come out with a a second starter or are these starters always going to be what we have? I would imagine they would come out with with ones from the next set that have the cards from the next set, new heroes, things like that. I mean, obviously, we'll find out. If you look at other card games as an example, that's one way that they, you know, kind of keep everything going is they'll put some of the cards from the new set in a starter deck. So if you're new, you can just pick it up and start playing it. You know, once we get a couple years in, they won't be probably won't even be selling the first set anymore, depending on how they decide to do it. They're rotating them out. So at that point, they'll have to have different starter decks anyway. So I think they'll come out with some starter decks or something like that along those lines. Um, If not like this wave, maybe the next wave, like every other wave. But I think every wave would be fine. Um, I don't know if necessarily you put exclusives in it every time or or not. But, uh, you know, definitely make them strong enough to be uh, like they are now and easy to pick up and be competitive with if you buy a couple of them. I guess then do you have any thoughts about I, just the tournament in general do, do you think things went smoothly is there anything you change for next time is there anything i mean th- there's not a whole lot that can change i guess but any thoughts i think the tournament went really well i think there were 48 participants in the saturday tournament sounds right it was almost 50 participants at one point there were 50 but then i think a couple people didn't show up so it was a really nice um, like medium-sized tournament. It felt really good for me, even though it felt like I was in the twilight zone because I was winning and <laughs> I, I'm never like used to doing that. Everybody that I played against was absolutely wonderful. Um, the community around Lightseekers is just really amazing that even the people that have been around for a while, they're all welcoming. No one is um, like cutthroat to the point where you don't want to play against them. I think um, like as far as things that we would want to change, I think the pack consistency will help a lot. Like if they if they keep the format similar, probably not allowing the same combo. Yeah, that that worked really well for me, but it felt like I was cheating as I was playing it. Like I, it just makes it so time. easy to cast the combo when yeah. you can use the yeah. same exact combo. So so I think you you had like two. Did you have two pair even in there? Yeah, I had two solar winds and two planetary alignments. And I mean, the the games that I played, they were they were super competitive. There were a couple that were really close, even though I did go undefeated until the final. But it's still like in the earlier games when I just had started playing it and I was like crushing people. I would play a solar wind with a solar wind and I would be apologizing as I was playing it. So I think that they're that if they do change that rule, um, I don't think anyone will complain yeah, I, I mean, th- the thing is, everybody was allowed to play by the same rules. It's just luck of the draw at that point, whether or not they were able to pull some of theirs or they got other cards that they, they weren't able to use. Because I, I, out of my three packs, I think I had, I, I was playing Storm, and I think I pulled two Storm cards. That's that seems pretty uh, on par with everyone else. Yeah, except um, for me. <laughs> well, the thing is, like with the combos, like in um, in astral, some of the really good combos are actually commons because you have planetary alignment is twelve damage, and it has all three symbols, so it helps you cast the other ones as well. And then and it's already in the starter, so you only have to pull one extra. 
and then solar wind is yeah. the common yeah and it's and when you play solar wind with the solar wind normally like with solar wind you discard solar cards to do more damage mm-hmm. and it's a double solar already so you're it's hard enough to get enough solar cards to play it but if you're not actually using any other solar cards other than just the other solar wind you can just discard a couple extra ones and you're you know, 16 damage. Is and yeah, huge. Solar Wind was a blowout. I won so many games with Solar Wind because when you're at 16 health, most players and Lightseekers are like, oh, 16 health. I'm safe. Yep. Not when you've got a Solar Wind coming at your face. <laughs> is, yeah. So if you don't know what's coming, especially, then that's uh, it's pretty dangerous. So um, I think that that made it uh, sh- really strong in that format. So also uh, Nature was pretty strong because of Vine Lashes in that that camp as well. Yep. Um, so that that 14 damage and being able to pay with another Vine Lash is pretty solid as well. I think the decks that I had the most trouble with were Nature and Mountain. I went to time against a couple Mountain decks and I, I had to play a best of three against uh, two Nature decks. So those were the ones that really gave me a decent amount of trouble. Um, I didn't have any trouble with Dread at all. So I could definitely see like what you guys were saying earlier about how it's not as strong as some of the others. and. I don't know that I actually played against a tech deck. I played against tech and okay. it, it seemed pretty good. A lot of their cards that are good are common. So you can easily get extras of, you know, all the six damage cards and, you know, mm-hmm. loopers and alchemists and stuff like that. So I feel like, like that could be strong as well. Again, it, you know, pulling extra cards obviously helps, but I think, you know, you were in pretty, pretty good company with two that you were able to add to your deck. I think I had three cards that I added to my deck. That were dread, so. Well, I think I actually only added three cards myself. I added the two extra combos and a subjugator. And a sun beacon. Oh, and a sun beacon. That was a clutch pull. Which is yeah. also, it's like, like an extra combo. <laughs> much, yeah. But it was fun. We had a, we had a good time. It was sure. such a fun day. It was tiring, though. It was, it was a marathon. And that's one of the things with these large tournaments is that, like, mm-hmm. if you're not prepared mentally for 10 to 12 hours of gameplay, like, you're going to be hurting. So that's yeah, another, cause, like, when I mean, you're going into these tournaments. They, they have to just keep those games moving. You can't that really give you breaks. It's If you finish your round early, you get a little bit of a break, but that there's no way they'd be able to finish the tournament in one day otherwise. Right. Yeah, um, they actually, I think they, they cut to top eight around earlier than they originally were going they to because yeah. so many people had dropped. And I had actually finished my, my games um, before the cut to top eight a little earlier, um, so I like went to grab a drink of water and something to eat, and I come back, and the round had ended, and I was like, okay, cool. And they're like, yeah, we're cutting to top eight now, and I'm like, we're doing what? <laughs> I am not mentally prepared for this. Yeah, they had a clear top eight, like no one could move past the people that were already in top eight, mm-hmm. so they're just like, all right, we'll just skip around, so that was nice. <laughs> it was nice for him. It was completely nerve-wracking for me. I'm like, I... I grabbed some caffeine and some sugar and I'm like chugging it mid game. <laughs> My opponent was actually super nice though, because he's like, if you need to take another couple minutes to get your caffeine and food in you, that's okay with me. So give him a bit of a breather too. It was Saturday was a really fun day though. It was, it was awesome. And I'm excited for PAX East so that hopefully we can have another sealed starter tournament. I, I, I'm certainly hoping that there is another 
sealed tournament there because I'm I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I I feel like I could just play better than I did this time. So nice and casual, people can just show up and yes. don't have to bring anything. Exactly, so. exactly. Every, they, everything's there for you. you now we, we've mentioned number forty-eight a few times, and you, you guys have said that's that's kind of a, a good size tournament. Is that would you say like an average number then for other tournaments you've been in of this? kind of same style or where does that rank well it depends i mean we were in one at pax for we did a magic sealed that there were so many people that we were there like all day and it was yeah the magic sealed it was 274 people people. okay so they can't get much larger oh yeah yeah it just depends like if it's i mean obviously magic's been around 20 years (laughs) 20 years so it's one of those things like that so many people play it and it was kind of like they did a little fun format um they did like normally you you do a pack like a bunch of packs from the same set like you get like six packs from the same set but they did one from every set from the last six wacky sealed yeah so it was it was really interesting because some of the cards like were you you didn't really play them together before and it made really interesting stuff so but it was it was definitely a long day so when you get a big tournament like that they, they were best of three rounds, whereas like this one, they just did the best of one to make it sure. shorter. But if they had done best of three, it would have taken forever. No, so. for sealed they did best of three. Oh, that's true. For yeah, constructed true. they did best of one. That's for true. sealed it was best of three across the board. That's true, but there um, weren't as many people. I mean, a lot of times when you get to these larger tournaments too, like the constructed or the, not the constructed, the limited that he was talking about that we did at PAX, the first PAX we went to, that was a long tournament. We were there until almost midnight, I think. Um, but usually when you've got these larger tournaments, they're broken up over a couple of days, especially yeah. when you get to like magic GPs and everything. It's, it's not just one day, it's two, sometimes even three days, depending on what tournament it is and, and everything. So I think 48 is probably like a pretty good medium sized tournament. I think once you get a lot over a hundred people, that's when it starts to get like on the large scale, like multiple days. And that's where we're going to wrap up this portion of the interview. Thank you once again to Lifesaver and Boba for taking time out of your day to join me on the show. If you want to get in contact with them, they're both very active on Facebook, Twitter, the Discord channels that we have that are all Lightseekers related. I'll have links to all their contact information in the show notes, as well as a link to their YouTube channel, Superior Seekers, which I urge you to check out. They've been putting up a lot of good content there recently, and you'll even be able to find some of their exclusive card reveals for Lightseekers Mythical. Speaking of card reveals, though, we've been getting reveals all week long, and they're going to continue throughout the rest of the month and all the way up until the release of the new set. To see what's already been revealed, just head over to deliverycrab.com slash reveals, and that'll redirect you to the page that has all of the cards that have been revealed so far. Additionally, I would urge you to join the Lightseekers TCG Facebook group. This group has been growing rapidly and is all-encompassing when it comes to the Lightseekers TCG. We've been keeping track of all the new reveals, we've been discussing the new cards, trying to build decks around them already. It's a great place for new and experienced players alike. I think you'll have a good time. You can find this group by going to deliverycrab.com slash Facebook, or just once again, find the link in the show notes. I think that's all we have for this week. It's time for me to go make some more deliveries.